Hello and uh, welcome to What Divines Us. My name is Rabbi Abram Goodstein. My name is Reverend Matthew Schultz. And boy, what a stupid week we've had. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot to talk about on this What Divines Us. And so our goal here is actually to keep it down a little bit, but we'll, we'll see. If Sorry. We, we'll see if we, no, I mean, keep, I mean, the conversation, oh, okay. not the All voices, right. but our conversation. I, mean, I didn't know now. if you had a newborn baby nearby. <laughs> yes, yes, I do have a newborn baby. Her name is Lila. I think she's the cutest thing that exists right now. Super thrilled. Uh, and Congratulations. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I'm very excited about that. But meanwhile, in the middle of, you know, while we're taking care of Lila, we're also, you know, recording What Divines Us. So anyways, I, we apologize for like the weird schedule uh, for What Divines Us. But, you know, trying to handle a baby in, in a podcast is a difficult combination to do. Man, oh, man. Uh, those days are long behind me. So I, I remember how <laughs> yes. difficult it is. Yeah. Also, while being full-time clergy and uh, as well, all a lot to balance. That's a lot. Um, but anyway, so uh, we're going to start off a little lightly with a new, uh, with a brand new segment. Uh, what would you say to call it? Uh, we, I think we wrote down questions our moms ask. Yes, questions our moms ask. So, we, uh, you know, we don't really have like an email. We're just a kind of a small chop shop when it comes to podcasts, but our, but our, but my mom got a hold of us and had a question, uh, a what divides us question. And I believe what she wrote was something along the lines of why do Jews celebrate uh, the, the Shabbat or the Sabbath on Saturday while Christians celebrate the Sabbath on Sunday? Uh, and so why do we do that? Um, and so maybe I'll go first because my answer is pretty cut yeah, and dry. Yeah, sure, go ahead. Uh, yeah, so essentially uh, God rested on the seventh day in the book of Genesis, right? So God created the universe in seven days. Uh, and so that seventh day was rest. To us, that day was uh, Shabbat, was Saturday. And so we rest too. Um, that's that's the general reason why we, uh, we celebrate Shabbat on Saturday. Easy peasy. It's there you go. And, yeah. and some Christian traditions uh, also would do that. I think Seventh-day um, Adventists. There you go. Yeah. yeah they have that yeah. right in their name. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but a lot of Christians, um, early on when Christianity was first getting started, one of the jobs that they undertook was to address how do we differentiate ourselves from the Jewish community that is not a, a community that follows the ways of Jesus. And so there would be various ways of doing that uh, from their religious practices to things such as the day of the week that you, you know, celebrate the worship service. So that's what they did. They differentiated it, uh, made it Sunday in acknowledgement of that being the day of the week on which Jesus rose from the dead. Yeah, and I believe that's where it comes from. Now, as clergy, of course, I break that commandment every single week when it says do not work on the Sabbath because that's one of my biggest work days. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. kind of funny how that works out. But, well, what are you going to do? You know, what's funny is that we actually, um, most, I would say, synagogues have religious school on Sundays. We have oh, Sunday school okay. because we're not supposed to work quote, unquote, oh, on Shabbat. Okay. So we actually sh- often we, we share with Christians the Sunday school situation oh, because, yeah. I did not know that. So yeah, yeah. maybe maybe if uh, someday I call in sick, I'll send all of our folks over here. Oh yeah, they'll learn all kinds of fun <laughs> Jewish stuff from me. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, so my mom, if you're listening, it's your turn. Send in a question. <laughs> also, if you know our moms and you have a question, feel free to ask them. Yeah, or any questions any of you have. They don't have to be just from our moms. <clears throat> But right now, our moms do have access to us. I, I would say, like, unfettered access than most people would, I imagine. Currently, but my mom is, is really treading that line. I'm going to be <laughs> having security escort her out any moment now. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So there we go. New segment, uh, questions our moms ask. And then, uh, so uh, the, next, uh, the next segment is a little bit more serious. 
Yes. Um, and so this is going to be under our segment we call Religious Toolbox. And this is how to apologize. You know, uh, I think Matt and I often deal with apologies one way or another. Yeah. Um, and I think I know I have lots of experiences with actually giving apologies. Sure. I'm sure Matt does, too, knowing the kind of trouble he gets into. Um, <laughs> and so we wanted to sort of address, uh, you know, what a good apology is and what a bad apology is. Yeah. Um, but before we even go there, Matt, I do want to talk about something else. Okay. Why is it hard to apologize? I want to go there first. Right? Like, sometimes, like, I really have a difficult time apologizing, even though at the end of the day, I recognize that maybe something I did was totally my fault. Mm -hmm. But I have a hard time getting to the point of saying, oh, yeah, this is my fault, and I need to actually own up to that. It takes me a while to get there. Like, I don't get there right away. Well, I think probably a combination of things. One of them would be straight up ego. You're admitting that you were wrong. (laughs) But the other part is just how painful it can be to recognize, honestly, that you harmed somebody else mm-hmm. oh that, that just hurts yourself to realize oh my gosh i've been i've been the cause of someone else's pain that's a terrible thing to acknowledge and i think internally we have a natural resistance to that because we're like oh that can't be true what does that say about me if i've been the bad guy all along there's that british comedy sketch show i don't know oh what is it called there's uh some uh nazis in world war ii in a battle and they're under attack and they're trying to figure out what to do next and and the one guy looks around at himself and he's like Look at our outfits, and our flag's kind of harsh, and our insignia is a skull and crossbones. Are we the bad guys? <laughs> are we the baddies? Like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it. yeah, are yeah. we the baddies? And are they the turn baddies? around and run, right? And so I think we have that internal thing. When I like have said something uh, insensitive or insulting to somebody, like to my wife, for example, and then it comes time to realize oh, I'm the baddie. I've been the bad guy throughout this whole conversation. And not only have I been the bad guy from the beginning, but I dug in this position. Yeah. And now I got to, you know, undig. <laughs> before before you're ready to say sorry, do you sometimes, like, blame that person for you? For, like, the you know, like, I will I have to go through this process where sometimes, like, I'm, I'm like, it's their fault that I acted this way. And then, sure. I, and then I have to be like, oh, uh-huh. I have to be like hold on. Trying hold to justify on. what yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, wouldn't I, have had to be a jerk ex- if you didn't, like, press the jerk button. Yeah. 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 And so I often go through this epic process mm-hmm. before I'm really ready to sure. apologize. Yeah. I don't know if you go through that as well. Not in a codified way that I'm for that I'm like aware of it when it's happening. But yeah, yeah in retrospect, sure. Um, and just I, I wonder it's funny how us as you pointed out, it's funny how us humans we just we just do that. Yeah. And so it, it must be interesting too to be ready to if you want to receive an apology, mm-hmm. to understand that maybe that person will give it, but may not be able to be ready to give it right away. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and boy, you had an apology event take place <laughs> this week. And do you yeah. want to get into the background of that? Well, a little, a little bit, but uh, f- before we do that, I, I really want to talk about like you know if you're if you're ready to apologize, what what makes a really good apology first? Let's just go. Can we just go there real quick? Oh sure. Or, or, or yeah. do you, or do you want to go to? No, no, I'm good to follow that. Yeah, and actually, yeah. I had a conversation with my daughter about it first and about apologizing for various things, and and we laid it out in a a way that a child understands, you know, and at first the, we said step one is recognizing in yourself that you've done the wrong thing. Step two is to stop, you know, it may be an ongoing action. Like if you're currently, you know, twisting your brother's arm behind his back, <laughs> for example, once you recognize it's wrong, the first thing you do is stop doing the harm. And then you express what I've done is wrong. Uh, and own that as, you know, I did this. It's not, like you said a minute ago, it's not you caused me to do it. It's I did the wrong thing right, right. By, by my choice. And then the final thing is to, I'm sorry, then you say, I'm sorry. And after that, you say, 
I won't do it again. And you try your best to make a structural change so that you don't find yourself doing that same or similar thing again. Yeah, that sounds like you kind of hit you hit it. Lots of steps uh, along the way. Yeah, yeah, there are the, there are those steps, but that like that's like the true apology, right? Mm-hmm. Is to is to just is to is to recognize is to go through the process to recognize that you are wrong, and then and then look for the reconciliation required or needed to move forward. Yeah, and you know, I left a part out on reconciliation then because I I ended with making changes to make sure you don't do it again. But I, I left out an important part, which you might phrase as reparations, which I know has a lot of yeah. baggage with yeah, it. Yeah, right? some background. But, but it matters. You know, if I if I stole 20 bucks out of my brother's wallet and I do all those steps along the way, but then I don't give the $20 back, uh, is that a real apology if I don't give the 20 bucks back? What, what if you don't steal $20 anymore? Is it still a real apology? That's the question. Yeah. Like going forward, I promise not to take another 20 of your dollars or anyone's dollars, right. for that matter. But with if I'm still holding his 20 in my hand, <laughs> if I say, I'm really sorry I took this from you, and then I put it in my pocket, I don't think that's a real apology. I don't know. Like, what, like yeah, I mean, certainly if you're holding it around saying right. hey, it's a $20 bill. What if I spent it on a photo, on like a poster, and that's hanging on the wall right next to him, and I say, sorry, I stole your $20 and bought that poster, but, but you may go now. Or make it even more complicated. Mm-hmm. What if you use that money to help pay your utilities? Yeah. Right. Like, what if you actually needed that that twenty dollars to cover to cover something really important? Right. Um, so I think the apology could be meaningful to say I I recognize what I did was wrong and I don't have a way to get back to you or pay you back for this. Now that's different. Yeah. If you don't have a way and it's truly out of your reach, I think that's one thing. Okay. Yep. Okay. That's, that's that might be uh, more of a. A Jean Valjean setup from Les Mis, which I know you haven't seen. I haven't seen Les Mis. Yeah. If you haven't seen Filler in the Roof, where we, sometimes you steal. We're gonna have an amazing movie yeah, night one right. night. Yeah, he stole a loaf of bread to feed his family uh-huh. and got himself thrown in jail. And so, if he would apologize for that, he wouldn't be able to pay it back. But he just he would just say, "I, I had to do this to feed mm-hmm. my family." So that gets into other questions of is that really a sin if you're doing it to oh. save someone else oh, uh, man, anyway, that's, that's a whole different that's thing. a different day yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but I, I think if there is an actual at least a good faith attempt to repay what was what was taken or to repair what was broken um, like if, if I broke this window and said I'm sorry and then left without trying to repair it first yeah. I don't know if that's a real apology I don't, yeah I wouldn't say it was yeah. a real apology either so then what are some, so moving on, what are some like apology no-nos, things you should not do in your apology? I'm guilty of this one in the past. Yeah. I, I, I notice it now, but I didn't until my wife, you know, pointed it out with, with some amount of emotion behind it, which is, oh, I'm sorry that hurt your feelings. Uh, oh, I'm sorry if you were upset Oh, the if-then clause in the apology. And not just the if, but putting, it, putting the problem on the other person's response yeah. rather than my act. Yeah. Right. So, uh, like if I, again, broke the window, like, Oh, I'm sorry. That made you feel bad that you're sorry. If that hurt your feelings, I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like, no, there's no if, and it's not about my feelings. It's about what you did. Yeah. So yeah. I but why, but a, why do you have like that, mm-hmm. that like that for, I do it too. And it's like knee jerk. Like, like I have to mm-hmm. catch myself doing it. And then I step back and say, I need to own this completely. But yeah. why that knee jerk? Why, why do we, why do I want to put the if in there in the first place? I don't know. And I don't think it's always nefarious. You know, I don't think a lot of times people who are saying that aren't trying to wiggle out of responsibility. I think it's a phrase that comes out unintentionally that that does have a, a, a squirmy aspect to it. But I don't think that's the person's intent often. Yeah. It might be sometimes. Uh, but I think it's it's careless, not not evil. 
Sure, sure. I think so too. I think it's. I think many people say it carelessly without realizing. Yeah. they're not necessarily saying it the, like the correct way, the way you and I are spelling it out. Right. to say to, to apologize, but it's still it's still interesting that like you know much much like it's hard for us to apologize mm-hmm. as like human beings. Yeah, it's sometimes it's we also kind of kind of like do that too the if the if clause well and here's another thing is that sometimes it may be appropriate for example if i were to say to somebody buying your products from this company is supporting slavery overseas let's uh-huh. make up a company you know like evil corp yeah you know buying your <laughs> products from evil corp they actually do have slaves overseas so when you buy that you're supporting and they get really upset and then you might say to them i'm sorry if that hurts your feelings but it's true so but, then, but, then, but you're still not. Really, no, you're no, no, not no. apologizing. You're not. not right. really, yeah, you're not apologizing. It's not really an apology. Then. Right. It's more of an acknowledgement that you're feeling sad about something that you still stand behind. Yeah. So I think that might be why sometimes people lapse into that language in an apology. Yeah. Because there there is a time to say that, just not as an apology. Interesting. Interesting. You know, one thing that like I've noticed that sometimes I catch myself doing when apologizing is I offer excuses. Oh yeah, um, sure. You know, and I don't, I don't mean like I, I don't like try to explain what happened. I mean, I, I just mean like, oh, I was tired. Or, oh, okay. oh, I was like, you know, and that's not, I think to me, that's an apology. No, no. Like, oh, really? don't, don't offer an excuse. Just, a, just, just yeah. own it and apologize. Right. I can like, see that being what does part an excuse of the, do? like part of the conversation later. I, I can see, <laughs> I, I can see like to me, there's a difference between an excuse and trying to get the person to understand. Like sometimes oh, nice. you uh-huh. make a mess, you do something and the person's like, I do not, I, that's what you did was horrible, but I, yeah. do, I don't get it. I don't get why you did it. And then, you know, and then I say, yeah, okay. Then explain what happened. Um, but don't make excuses for it. Just explain what happened. Yeah, yeah. Right. I don't think excuses are a good idea when you apologize. Good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that if you if you own it, own it fully, and yeah. and the, and, the, and then the apology comes across more sincere, uh-huh. and reconciliation can happen faster. Which at the end of the day, that's really what you want. Yeah. Right. You want reconciliation. You want that person to forgive you. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, otherwise, why apologize? And so, an apology should be persuasive. I think there's a real humbling aspect to being forgiven. You just said what you want is yeah. for yeah. someone yeah. to forgive you, and that really is handing that other person the power entirely. It really is. And saying, I've got no leg to stand on. That's where the excuses come from to be like, maybe I've got half a leg. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And and you you don't. What you just have to do is fully acknowledge this this was my bad and I'm giving you the full power to either say yes or no, I forgive you. And that's, I think that's hard for anybody. I think our culture, again, leads us to never do that. And I think we see that in our politics when frequently candidates will refuse to truly apologize for something that gets dug up in the process, right? They're like, oh, no, that was fine. Because to apologize humbles yourself, and that doesn't play well on a campaign trail. It also um, exposes you to liability. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. Right? So, and that's really horrible, uh-huh. I think. You know, think about a car crash, yeah. where if you say you're sorry, you're admitting, you're admitting to you know it was your fault it was to your to fault yeah right yeah. and so essentially now people are coached not to say sorry right for a car crash um or any kind of accident like that otherwise mm-hmm. they're the fear of of liability sure. which i think is like and culturally a difficult like a really horrible that we've actually like connected those two things yeah um yeah. as apology is a mission of guilt because it is an admission, admission is. of guilt. It is, yeah. um, But that should be okay. But again, it's that different kind of apology. Like before when I said supporting Evil Corp, like, I'm sorry, but it's true. Yeah. When I see someone else, like, you know, far away from me trip down a step, and I go, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I had no... I'm sorry role. that happened. Yeah, I had yeah. no role playing. I'm just expressing... Sorry, sorry that fate was so horrible to you at that <laughs> yeah. moment. Yeah. Or if you learn that someone's 
you know, grandparent died. You say, oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. That's not, that's not saying I caused it or did you? (laughs) Yikes. Twist. (laughs) Twist. Twist ending this week. Murder. Um, But, uh, but yeah, so one more thing I wanted to, oh yeah, another thing that I can't stand uh, and this is a big, this is a big thing. This is a cultural thing, uh-huh. uh, Matt. Is that you know you see the news about like a big lawsuit happening and everyone settles and and the person that did the wrong. Let's use uh, Henry Weinstein for example, right? Like uh-huh. he, he, you know, he he obviously hurt lots of women. Yeah. Um, the settlement he's trying to work on allows him not to apologize. Literally, that's part of the settlement. Really? He doesn't have to say he's sorry. Weird. Right. Okay. Yeah. Now that most recent settlement, from what I understand, is not necessarily going to work. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but but that's like part of this. Like now, people can be litigious, and if you have enough money, right. you can pay. Right. And you don't have to admit guilt or, mm-hmm. or wrongdoing, mainly, but probably because you don't want any liability. Right. It, it may yeah, actually yeah. be a practical reason why you don't want to apologize. Okay. But there's no reconciliation then. Right. There's there's never any reconciliation then, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and that's unfortunate. Yeah, for sure. And then one more thing I want to say before we move on to the events of last week is okay. that in Judaism, what's really important for us that when you ask for forgiveness, which we call teshuva, the process of repentance, you don't ask forgiveness from God. You ask from forgiveness from the one that you wronged. Okay. Um, we're very clear about that. Yeah. Uh, so God can't help you. If you wrong an individual, God can't help you with that. If so you, you don't ask God or do you not ask God first? Or well, if, if you get the situation where you, it's unaskable, like say you hurt someone and then that person, say, passed away before you're able to kind of, you know, re- reconcile. Okay. Then, yeah, then you're going to more of a God being like, God, I hope that, like, I can move past this. I, I hope that, you know, we can be okay mm-hmm. with this. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's certainly there, there's that going on. But, yeah. but like, if you if you hurt someone, our tradition is clear. God, going to God about that is not, was not what you do first. Um, Interesting. And not, yeah. and, and not the priority. The priority is, is that there, there is God in this. Yes. But there's God okay. in asking for forgiveness from the one that you hurt. I would That's say Christianity God. is very similar. Yeah. It's not um, it's not ordered that I recall that it should be one first or one you know second. Uh, but there's a you know one well known teaching of Jesus that if you go to pay your temple you know offering there, but you remember you have a grievance against your brother, go right away and make amends with your brother first. Then come back to worship. You know, don't worry about church stuff first. Make reconciliation with your brother. I think it's all tied up with one another. Like if you're truly and sincerely seeking forgiveness from God, that's just a part of it. You can't not go forgive one another. That's right, right in the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's always the same. You know, also within Christian theology, and I don't know how much this overlaps into Judaism also, is the, the broader concept of grace in terms of being forgiven for something when you totally don't deserve that forgiveness. Um, and there's mercy is a similar thing to, you know, in terms of you really do owe a big penalty, but it's going to get waived simply as an act of mercy. In fact, oh, there's a great story about Napoleon where a soldier, I think, had stolen from the army or deserted. He had deserted and so he was going to be executed. And the mother approached Napoleon and said, please, please, please show mercy. And Napoleon said, but he's guilty. And the mother said, if he were not guilty, it wouldn't be mercy. Hmm. Which I think gets right to the heart of it, right? Yeah, you don't need yeah. to be forgiven for something you didn't do. And grace kind of is like mercy flourishing. It's like so much more. It's it's mercy times 10 that you deserve a punishment, but instead you receive a gift. Right. Um, right. And it's, more, it's much more restorative. If someone steals from you and you say, all right, I recognize you stole my 20 bucks. 
here's 20 more. Go get yourself some food. Yeah. And that's that's grace, which is, is more abundant and overflowing in its love. Yeah. It's like radical generosity. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's impressive. Uh, <laughs> I don't think we have anything quite equal to that in Judaism. Okay. Um, you know, grace isn't really a word you hear you know, in, in sort of Jewish tradition. Yeah. It's more of a, a Christian thing. It's Christianese. It's <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, sure. But okay. So let's talk a little bit about what happened. Well, right? yeah. Do you want to start with the, the apology that you, you know, worked through in conversation with the mayor? Yeah. So last week, um, at the assembly and assembly, I don't know what you would call So it's like a council, city council, city yeah. council, elected call, officials in Anchorage, yeah. we call our city council an assembly. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have, uh, yeah. And so at that assembly, they're, they're right now trying to figure out whether to have a mask mandate or not for public spaces. And it's highly contentious, very contentious. Um, and so the protesters of the mask mandate decided to wear yellow stars of David on their chests. This was their way of expressing their belief that a mask mandate would be oppressive in a manner that would somehow be similar to what Jews experienced in Nazi Germany. Right. Fair to Is that a fair yes. assessment? Okay. Yes. So if you're Jewish and you saw that, uh, that just struck, that was like a slap across your face, sure. right? Because essentially seeing uh, a yellow star of David on a chest is the same as seeing like a swastika on a flag or an SS symbol, insignia on a uniform. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's hurtful because to us, it reminds us of the genocide that occurred, right? Sure. Six, the six million Jews that did not survive and the survivors who, who did, but like did so, you know, very much damaged. Experiencing great and tra- trauma. And, and yeah. Experiencing ama- amazing amount of trauma. So we were very hurt by these individuals attempting to use their, this, the gold star, the yellow star of David as sort of like a, I don't know, like a political stunt. I don't know what, what political theater, if uh, you will. Uh, well, let's, I think in their words, they would have called it a political expression. I think that's sure. a fair way okay. to frame a it. Political in their, expression. In their words. Yeah. 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 And uh, so, I just think that from, from your perspective, you're saying that the Jewish people would look at that expression and say, it's a very misguided use yeah. of that, yeah. of that symbol. Yeah, and so, I mean, I think us Jews have been pretty clear about you should not ever trivialize the Holocaust, yeah. right? That's sort of like a, we're always we're always saying that. <laughs> we're known for that. <laughs> and you shouldn't have to say it so frequently. We, we do say it frequently. <laughs> yeah. And so so that so that was pretty bad, and I was pretty I was pretty charged about that. And then something else happened that sort of like tipped me over the, a little bit, and that's that uh, the mayor at one point, I, I don't agreed or or sort of uh, said that that he felt that the protesters using this symbol was a benefit to Judaism or that Jews would be okay with it or that you should feel like honored. Yeah, was that the word used? I don't want to. I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm, I, even though I watched it numerous times, I'm, I'm not or, really remembering. You should feel grateful that yeah. it was being remembered in such something a way. like yeah. and, uh-huh. and that. Yeah, something like that and that. Whew, that got me. That got me. What I would call hopping mad, which is about as angry as I get. Whoa! Watch your language. There, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, hopping mad. Be careful when I get hopping mad. Like uh, you know, after like I kind of calmed down from being so angry. Mm-hmm. Um, after you stopped hopping. Yeah, after I stopped hopping around, uh, I, I realized that what what I really would love is just an apology from the mayor, and I would love to get those gold or yellow stars off of chests yeah. at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, and so my thought was to seek reconciliation uh, from the mayor. I, the next day, I was able to get a hold of him, mm-hmm. and we had a nice long chat, and I, and I told him that, like, I don't think you did this on purpose. I don't think you ever mean, meant to hurt 
the Jewish community, even though that they are. And he apologized to me. He mm-hmm. said that he was sorry. He owned it. Now, there is a little contention here because he sent out a press release uh, of an apology that had that if clause right, in it. Right. And not everyone was thrilled to see to see that. And if I remember also in that initial one, there was no request made of people to stop writing right. the star. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Benefit uh, of the doubt, that press release was probably put together very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and yes. And so, but that being said, the mayor did promise me that he would apologize again publicly mm-hmm. at the next assembly meeting that evening. Okay. Um, and, uh, and so that evening came and he did. And yeah. it was much better than the press release. Mm-hmm. He owned like what he did. He did uh, not have the if clause. There was no if clause. He uh-huh. said that he, he was not intending to hurt us and he's sorry that he did. Uh, he asked those wearing the stars to take them off mm-hmm. and it worked. And, and he says that I, I will never trivialize the Holocaust again. So it, he also apologized for having not spoken up against a slur that was directed sure. at another assembly person. And I th- thought that was good of him also to to apologize for an inaction is a good nuance on there. You know? Yeah. 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 So so it was interesting. I, I think that the, the, the our mayor both like had, a, you know, a not so great apology with the. Um, with uh, that first written one, yeah, yeah. but then, but then, oh, really owned it on that second one, and so I, you know, I, I just want I want to thank the mayor essentially for apologizing the way that I think is the correct way of apologizing um, for that for that second one for that one he did in the assembly. I don't know how, yeah. how you feel about I, that. Well, I also was hopping mad. I was maybe even <laughs> spitting mad. Oh no, I've never been spitting mad. That's before. another level. Yeah, yeah. Dang. I was hop skipping and jumping mad. Dang. Um, but you know, I sometimes get that way, and uh, I just need to blow off some steam, and then realize, all right, I took it up to a ten. And I only had to get up to a seven. And in this particular instance, I knew very clearly that I had to follow your lead. You yeah. Know, because yeah. <laughs> because obviously, and but so hold on, let's stop there for a moment because I think it's really valuable what you just said. Okay. Like like sometimes it's really important to follow the lead of someone else. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know. Uh-huh. Um, and so I, I, Matt, I just want to thank you for that. Oh, like, sure. I want to thank you for letting for letting me take the lead on this. Uh, but still being super supportive at the same time. Well, you're welcome. And and I think it's easy to get angry. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's much harder to do what you did, which was to have a, a nuanced conversation in which you do offer grace, you know, and so good on you for that. And as this was, you know, certainly uh, about issues directly related to Judaism, well, that puts me in the in the passenger seat. So, um, yeah, so I got angry. I, I had, you know, my series of emotional layers I went through. In the end, though, I really uh, am happy with where you took it, which is now to be in a position where we can focus our efforts theoretically on building bridges and, you know, in the long term, and honestly, it'll take years, but in the long term, some community healing within the city of Anchorage because it's, and we can't be clear enough about this, it's not a an issue with the mayor. I mean, there are dozens, there are hundreds of people showing up to these meetings wearing those stars, right? He wasn't handing them out. No, there okay. were other people handing them <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah. He wasn't wearing one himself, but there were lots of people wearing them. There were people in the audience shouting horrible things. Ooh, and, ooh, yeah. yeah, that'll be our next segment, right? So, Oh, yeah. Am I, am I segueing yeah, accidentally? Should, do, you, do you want... Are you ready? Are, are we done with apologies? No apologies? I'm sorry. But <laughs> All apologies? Am, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I think we're done. I think it's it's awesome that you had the meeting and that uh, I think you've you've built the first uh, the first few stones in the bridge that, that may yet be completed. So good on you.
Yeah. Uh, but, you know, but before we end the apology thing, I just want to say that if you reach a point of reconciliation with a person that you harmed, there's so much healing in that. Yeah. Right. Like and I just I don't I can't overstate that. That yeah. like, you know, when you when you do go out of your way to realize you were wrong, when you take those initial steps and say, I, am I the baddie? You know, right, right. yeah, and then and then go into the process of like, well, then how do I make this right? Yeah, and then and then make that promise of I won't do this again to that person. Like you, there is a lot of like healing involved in yeah. that process. Yeah, and I don't want to I don't want to understate that. Like healing is so important, and not always, but frequently, it doesn't just restore your relationship to where it had been. It restores it to a much Better, it can make it stronger. A much stronger and more yeah, fruitful relationship, yeah. yeah. Especially if you can offer that level of communication where you can say uh-huh. to that person, I'm sorry, they can hear you and you can talk about it. Yeah. The value of that, right? You know, the the value of being able to go that far in your in your relationship with that person is is really amazing. Agreed. Um, yeah. And so for all of you that have been like brave of no- brave enough to make that a kind that kind of apology, we thank you yeah. for that. Yeah. Well, you know, to segue then into the city's current conflict, I, that is our hope going forward. We'll talk more about our event later on uh, for healing. That We're hoping that now there's the division. I'm hoping in time we can have that reconciliation that leads the city's various factions to have a healthier relationship later than it even had before. Yeah, It's going to take a long time to get there because the current divide is acrimonious. We'll talk about that and next. And vitriolic so, and so, other SAT words. <laughs> we'll think of some more SAT words on along the way, too. Uh, but yeah. uh, So we're moving on to the next segment, uh, Pop Theology. We're going to call this one. Um, and this is about... <laughs> That was a real Matt sound effect, right? That we, I did not make that out. That's a that's a Matt special right there. Yes, indeed. Um, and uh, so we're noticing Matt and I a lot of heated rhetoric, and I would say public places, spaces like, for example, our assembly, um, but uh, but also like school board meetings. So you're you're being polite and know, saying huh? heated rhetoric. It's straight out unbridled rage. Yeah. Okay. People are shouting and screaming, interrupting the speaker, disregarding the rules of, you know, the Roberts rules for a meeting, sure, but disregarding the very basic social contract. Human decency. Right. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, not just wearing the, the stars in a horrible way. People wearing um, shackle chains as if to represent slavery. Ooh. I saw one person how, that was doing that. Yikes. Um, uh, holding up the signs that have all manner of, of awfulness on them. Um, yeah, it's it's beyond just poor behavior, which is how I tend to talk about it when I'm trying not to get things more inflamed than they are. I say, oh, it's, it's bad behavior. But really what it is, it's just people being awful. And Matt, I hate to put this on your shoulders, but I've also met, heard people mention that they're Christian. Right. Yeah, which is insane. <laughs> I saw a tweet online which really got to the heart of it, which was, sheep is a strange insult for a Christian to use considering that Jesus called his followers sheep. Also, insults are a strange thing for Christians to use. (laughs) Right? Right. I mean, there's no excuse for anyone that calls themselves a Christian to be screaming and hollering these horrible, horrible insults at each other. Now, to to yell and to be passionate, sure. I mean, Jesus turned tables over in the temple and chased table around. Flipping. Yeah, time on tradition, flipping tables. Yeah, for sure. I yeah. mean, to to be full of passion and even at times rage makes sense. But if you're doing it at you know the Golden Corral because they ran out of mac and cheese, you really gotta self-assess and see what's going on here. Whereas, uh, you know, and if you're in the public process where the whole point of it is that you are gonna be heard, and then you're yelling, "I'm not being heard." 
well, it's not your turn yet. You're in line. You'll get your three minutes like everyone else did. So there's a there's a disconnect from the reality of the situation and the rage and hatred have become a part of it. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but it's coming from one side of the argument. <laughs> I know that we try to say, you know, both sides have, you know, culpability and both sides really have their point, but only one side was wearing the yellow stars. Certainly. Only I one guess, side so had the shackles and only one side was interrupting every single statement with hoots and hollers and shouts and screams. I'm going to ask a question, Matt. I don't know if we'll be able to answer it, but what about their like life experiences? Like lead them to the point where it's okay to ooh, lambast. Oh, SATs. there you go. SATs. My son took the SATs last Saturday. Oh, okay. Well, so Is that what it's, it's on my mind? mind? So yeah. lambast. Nice. Yeah, yeah. To, to lambast or to or to be ragey, uh, uh, you know, and to be <laughs> and, and to sort of like sort of like forget about human decency. Like, what about their experiences allows them to go to that point? I wonder. That's a great question, and honestly, I don't know. Um, my initial thoughts would be insulting to them, and so I want to hold off on that. You know, uh, to say. I mean, obviously, they feel enabled. Right. I mean, that's that's one one part. How, how do you mean? Like, like they they feel like like, you know, we were watching, for, for example, locally here at the assembly. Uh-huh. They're coming in groups. Right. And obviously they're talking to each other beforehand. And so I assume they're enabling each other. You know, coming right? in groups is and a big part of it. Maybe too, yeah. maybe they're celebrating their behavior. I think so. Yeah. Like they don't. Like a lot of our behavior comes about because other people look at us funny, so we stop, or we get arrested, yeah, so we stop. Yeah. And not again. Let's. I'm, I, I'm kind of fishtailing through lots of topics, but I think a lot of people of different racial backgrounds get arrested if they act out in public this exact same way. Uh-huh. And there's a certain level of oh, privilege. Yeah. Yeah, there's a level of privilege to know privilege that if I'm wearing my system, you know yeah. certain clothing and waving my certain banners. I can and have a certain skin color. I can do whatever I want and not get but, arrested. You know, I didn't notice that when that individual yelled that pejorative mm-hmm. SAT word there. Yeah, well done. At our one of our assembly members, the whole place cheered. Right? Not the whole place. Again, I want to make the point. This is coming from one side. Okay, I don't think right, it does right. us any. There was a lot. We, good there was a, to say, there yeah. was a lot of cheering that occurred, yeah. and it came from us from one yeah. political niche. Is that but that SAT to me, yeesh, yeah. But to me, that's that's the enabling, right? Like yeah, that's, right. That got that got sell. And, and, instead of that being like that is not okay for com- for common human decency. Yeah, yeah. Like and that. here's one of the things that uh, there's uh, the mob mentality, also called the group psychosis, uh-huh. is when we break from these regular elements of the social contract. And one of the main causes, one, uh, one of the main contributing factors that allows us to make that break is that we no longer are receiving the negative pushback against doing it. And this is uh, stuff I've been reading on at, a bunch. And that gets right back to counter speech. We talked about like, exactly. yeah, two, and, and two episodes I, ago. I meant to bring it up then and I, I wasn't able to get around to it because it was just too much good stuff to talk about. But that the, it becomes essentially a splinter social contract, a splinter society in which – they're just cheered on for it. And of course, that should lead us to look at our own splinter, or people are calling them bubbles online. You know, that they're inside their own bubble. And within that bubble, what they're doing is perfectly acceptable and even encouraged because they're standing up for freedom. Uh-huh. Within our bubble, they're behaving in very, very hurtful ways. And the question then becomes, and this is really the heart of almost every conversation I've been having for the last four years. The question is not, how do these two bubbles meet in the middle? The question is, How does each of these bubbles move closer to fact and compassion? Because if we're going to say 
what's what's two plus three? It's five. Good. All yes. right. That's the math section. Did of the not yes. yeah. I'm a rabbi, not a mathematician. So the answer is five. Now, what if all the liberals are saying seven, and all the conservatives are saying ten? Okay. Is it really wise of us to meet in the middle? I don't know what the middle is in that. And, and the, that, middle that is that the, the middle oh, is five. Oh, the middle is five. Right, you right, just right, told right. me. Right, Come on, sorry. dude. <laughs> sorry. What is two plus three? Liberals say seven. Conservatives say ten. Should we move to the middle and say the answer is eight and a half? Two plus three is eight and a half. No, we should both move closer to five, and it doesn't matter what's in the middle. What matters is... Because five is a fact. Fact. Right. Got it. Okay. The fact I'm getting to understand. Yeah. And so yeah. if we have the liberals saying coronavirus is deadly and masks help prevent it, uh-huh. and conservatives saying coronavirus is a Chinese hoax and the masks are just to make money for big mask industry, should we meet in the middle? I never thought of the big mask industry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's all about it's all about mask.com. They're behind the whole thing. No. Is there a mask.com? I'll have to look that up next I'm time. I'm sure there's gotta be. There's an everything.com. Yeah. So so no, I'm not at all interested in meeting in the middle when the other side has stepped away from fact and compassion. But then what do you so I, I am. Like, you know, you know, that's the I think this is where we kinda this is where we're gonna argue a bit, I imagine. Um, it's about time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, because I'm I'm all about meeting in that middle. Like, you know, and I'm all about making compromises to meet in the middle if I have to. So what I wanna do yeah. is wear at every single assembly meeting a yellow star of David. You wanna wear a yellow star of David. But I'll meet you in the middle. And I'll only wear it at every other meeting. Okay, you're right. Okay, I hear what you're saying. That's not the kind of compromise I want to make, Matt. Okay. <laughs> How about uh, not at assembly meetings, just at school board meetings? Oh, my gosh. So my my thought is this. My thought is this. Like, let's leave the Holocaust rhetoric out of it. It is disturbing how much it's beca- Holocaust rhetoric has been become part of this. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard it all across the nation, mm-hmm. people, uh, individuals trying to compare the Holocaust with... Um, uh, with mask mandates or vaccine mandates. If you do that, you know, you're not, you're right. I'm not going to meet you in the middle on that that kind of stuff, right? You're, you're, you're really hurting. You're hurting me in a way that's, you know, not, I'm not able to be in the middle. Yeah. So I think there are times when we do need to say compromise on this particular item is not on the table. Sure. And I think with the, with both of these bubbles, We've reached that point in which compromise is no longer necessarily possible because we've each figured out where we are and it's going to come down to a vote. Now, we might put a compromise in like I think currently the mask mandate is open ended and because they don't want to have to keep re-upping everything. So maybe we say, you know, mask mandate remains in place until a certain number of cases per week rolling average and then it will reinstate if it ever goes back up again. You know, they could put something in that has uh, a closing mechanism. So that, I think that's, 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 like a, that's like a political compromise yeah. uh, for this current political issue, right? I, I'm talking more of like a a compromise to work and get closer to that, get both bubbles, building a bridge closer together. Well, let me share the story. I told you this right before, but I have her permission to share this, that uh, a person who is associated with our church has a daughter who recently underwent long and difficult chemotherapy, mm-hmm. and this child is pre-kindergarten. I forget her age. Um, I, it's not just a political issue. Sure. Not, not even close. And and if we were to compromise, compromise on the political mechanisms, that would be far, far easier 
than compromising on the truth that underlies it, which is masks save lives, vaccines save lives. And to intentionally issue, S-A-T word, <laughs> to intentionally... Sorry, I, about that. Sorry. I, sh- I made the joke, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. my fault. But to intentionally issue the simple and life-saving act of vaccinating and masking is immoral and harmful. And to compromise on that would be worse than compromising on like a mechanism for when the mask mandate may end. Sure. <sighs> well, I feel like I'm speaking against reconciliation and that's not my intent. I just believe that reconciliation has to be real. It has to be authentic. And the only way to be real and authentic is to begin with fact and to just overload that fact with compassion, just completely drench it in compassion. They have to be side by side fact and compassion. Without those, we are lost. And I feel as if when I look at those two bubbles, the the bubble that is refusing masks and vaccines has lost track of fact and compassion. And there's not a compromise to be made until they start acknowledging both. I think though one way to look at this is uh, kind of I'm going to go from like a side angle here um, is that you know uh, I, for this last week when this when the yellow star of David thing happened yeah. um, one of my goals was just to de-escalate right mm-hmm. to and I had a lot of people approach me who are I would say definitely you know more on the liberal side of this of this mm-hmm. debate. Who, who wanted to escalate the issue. They wanted yeah, to yeah. say, can we, and they asked me permission to. Uh-huh. Um, and they're like, can we go and yell or can we go and do this? And I, I asked them not to. Yeah. And, and um, cause, because I think they were well in their rights <laughs> to do whatever they wanted to do. Because, sure. you know, seeing Yellow Stars of David on chess is horrifying, yeah. right? But I, I, I was like, we need, I'm not, if I want to get what I want from this, which is to get stars off of chests, mm-hmm. we need to de-escalate Sort of what's go- the the rhetoric, and it worked, mm-hmm. right? In that in that arena, and I'm, and I'm talking about whether I'm not talking about mass mandates anymore. Yeah, I'm talking about an issue within the issue. Right, right. In that area, it worked. I asked people not to come on strong about this. I asked them to let me figure this out with the mayor, mm-hmm. and the mayor and I came to a a, a compromise yeah. and reconciliation, and and the mayor was able to use that. Well, was help. it a compromise? You got the apology you sought, correct? I, it, it was a compromise because I chose to move forward with compassion instead of anger. But and you I was not, feeling a lot right, of anger. Right. So you you stepped forward on the solid ground of fact, uh-huh. which the fact being they did this, the other fact being it was wrong. Yeah. And compassion, meaning you allowed them a way to apologize and kind of save face and such, you know, in some way. But what you did not allow was the if. I didn't know. You didn't yeah. compromise on the if. You didn't compromise and say, wear it sometimes. You didn't compromise and say, okay, if you have a Jewish grandparent, then you can wear it. <laughs> right? You know, right. You, yeah. I, I don't think you did compromise. I, you built a bridge and you led them across the bridge into fact and compassion. Yeah. But I, I did that based on this willingness yeah. to, be, to be flexible. That's, well, I don't know. You were kind. I, I, I was kind. Sure. I but said were that so you, seriously. I was, I was kind. You were, right. But were you flexible? You I, you tamped down the emotional fire. Good on you because yeah. I was I was looking to burn something. Yeah. Um, but but you did not compromise on fact or compassion. And if that's what we're looking at with masks, I'm on board, man. I would love to find a way to do that I didn't that too. compromise fact and compassion. You're right. Yeah. Uh, I did compromise my, my, my own experience like, like like if i wanted to feel like really good about you know if i, I wanted to burn things down for a moment yeah, there I had, I had things written i had things going yeah. set up to burn everything down sat I, word catharsis yes thank you i, I wanted to feel cathartic <laughs> yeah and uh, and i was about to hit the hit ready to send and all that and i said 
this won't get me like what I really want. Mm-hmm. And I'm totally on board. Dude. That's I think, the yeah, compromise we agree I'm there. talking about. And I, I guess I don't see that as compromise so much as I see that as self-control, behaving as guided by your love rather than by your thirst for vengeance. Okay. You know, okay. and those are all I, great I, things. I can, and I, I can uh, call that self-control. Yeah. yeah. But that's but what that's what I'm asking everyone to do. Right. Not just Agreed. not just those individuals that wore the stars. Uh-huh. Right. You know. Yeah. But anyone that wanted to escalate it. Yeah. You know, I'm saying let's let's practice some self-control. Um, I totally and, agree. And try to escalate yeah. sort of where this is going. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I think that's essential if we are to see any healing in our community long term. There's just so much anger out there. I do get nervous. You know, there was a person removed and they were carrying a weapon, a concealed yeah, gun. That was terrifying and to learn. And people were shouting so much. I, I truly am concerned for the safety of our assembly people. Um, they're they're putting themselves out there, you know, and, and catching true hate. And I don't know if they've gotten actual threats or not. I'm not privy to that kind of information, but I, I would not be surprised. You know, Lisa Murkowski, our senator here in Alaska, recently was the recipient of death threats. And I haven't had a chance to look deeply into it yet. But I imagine it's far from the first time because she also puts herself in the middle ground on a lot of contentious issues. And I would not be surprised to learn that the assembly is getting the same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but and, and there we go. And that's coming as a, that's a heated rhetoric or rage, as you point out, yeah. that, that, that's developed through a bubble that's uh-huh. enabling behavior. Um, that makes it okay to make to take those actions. Yeah. I think another thing, I do uh, see a counselor from time to time. Uh, just oh, I I'll see take, a therapist uh, uh, take uh, a every, moment, other, every other week. I, yeah, uh, yeah, take yeah, a yeah. moment to normalize seeing counselors and therapists. Yeah. Uh, and so I was speaking to mine recently, and he did make it clear that in his opinion, and he's spoken to other counselors as well, the 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 length, how far this pandemic is drawing out, the month after month after month, is bringing out the worst in people. It's exhausting. And I think that's true for us in our personal lives. If I like, if I snap at my wife or something, you know, um, it's bringing out the worst of me in that small way. But I think as a society, it's bringing out the worst of us in our groups. And I think when I look at the Save Anchorage group, that's largely the group that was yelling at the assembly. You know, when I look at their behavior, so much of that has got to be tied. I mean, obviously, it, it, their roots are in anti quarantine, anti-shutdown, anti-mask. That's what they all started. Sure. It, it's so much wound up in our absolute exhaustion. I think fear. It's fear too. Yeah, yeah for sure. I exhaustion think, think, and fear all, and, and loneliness. We're all terrified. And, and we're all off balance because everything's different uh, yeah. along with the fear. We're just confused. Um, and when you think about an animal, if you find any animal that's confused and tired and you know not sure what's Scared. going on, they'll, they'll start biting too. You yeah. know, And I think we're all we are all that animal right now. And that's part of the self-control part. Yeah. To recognize that in yourself. Right? Lies certain, above that lizard brain. Yeah. To yeah. recognize that COVID is affecting me. You know, and you may not have a loved one that's passed away from COVID. You know, mm-hmm. you, may, you may have been able to have work throughout COVID. Um, your life may have been relatively normal, but you're still affected by it. Um, yeah. And I yeah. think it's important. And I'm, saying, I'm not saying you, Matt. I'm just saying, I'm saying y'all. Right? Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but I... I but I just I think it's important to recognize that like, like part of this process, mm-hmm. uh, I would say of reconciliation is to recognize like the own fear that you feel, uh, the own stress that you feel, and and I don't take it personally at all. And I think it's a good thing to to see in ourselves though to hear what you're saying and apply it to myself. But I also think as an in that animal response of fight or flight, um, well, there's a third one: flight, fight, or freeze. 
where mm-hmm. you just you know stop what you're doing. And I think we see all those, and I think they're all equally. Uh, you know, they can be good or bad at sometimes, but, you know, we see a lot of the fight at the assembly meetings. I think a lot of people are in flight mode where they're just like, I'm not going to get involved, which, in my opinion, is also bad. You know, you can't, uh, you can't... Can't ignore it. Right. Yeah. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. said it's not not so much the actions of our enemies, but the silence of our friends yeah. is something yeah. along those lines. And... That's bad. And same with Freeze. I think uh, maybe a similar response in this day and age. People just are locked up and not doing anything. It's one of those times where we are called upon by the tides of history to be involved and to take action. And we just hope we can do so with that self-control that, that you emulated. And to, and to lead compassionately. Yeah. Yeah. So, to, yeah. It's been a, it's been a week. Uh, yeah, all right. I think you have a newborn in the midst of all this craziness. Right, I know. I'm just trying to like take care of my newborn and also take care of Judaism. and <laughs> Between everything at the assembly and having newborn diapers to deal with, you have had a week full of shit. <laughs> I'm going to have to bleep that, Matt. I know, that's oh, why I did it. Oh, my gosh. All right, all right. Well, I feel like that's a good way, good way to wrap it up. Um, yeah. Before we actually close and conclude, uh, we, yes. uh, we're going to talk about a, a moment about this event that Matt and I are planning. It's called the Anchorage Unites for Remembrance and Hope. Yes. Uh, and it's going to be on October 24th at Anchorage, uh, at, your, at your? First Presbyterian Church yeah. of Anchorage, Alaska, 616 West 10th Avenue. We're right on the park strip at the corner of 10th and G. This will be an outdoor event, so it's more COVID safe. And because it's outdoor, we'll keep it short also. We're going to aim for about 45 minutes, would you say? Yeah. And we'll have a time for remembering those lives that have been lost to COVID here within Alaska. So that's the ballpark of five to 600 Human lives lost to COVID uh, since this began. Not only are we going to be remembering that, but we're going to be expressing our hopes for the future of Anchorage. And that'll be getting into some of that bridge building that Abram got the ball rolling on this week. And, uh, And then, in addition to these things, we'll be having a moment to express our gratitude for our healthcare workers here in state. Yes, and we plan to hold this event every three months. So it's not a stat, it's not like a one-time thing. Right. So if you, if you can't make this one, there'll be more, and we'll just keep we'll keep them going as long as we feel like they're needed. Yeah. Um, okay. Cool. Yeah. Well, anyways, thanks for listening this far into the podcast. Yeah. Uh, I guess. I guess so, uh, Matt. How do we see each other in action these days? Just Google First Presbyterian Church of Anchorage, Alaska. We have our worship services live streamed every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. on Facebook and YouTube, and also our our own webpage. And uh, you can also watch those after the fact. Once it's no longer yeah. live, they're still up on the site and on YouTube. Uh, we're now on YouTube. Uh, Alaska Judaism Media is our YouTube channel name. So you can find us there. That's where mostly where our videos are going these days. Oh, I forgot. Also, uh, I've just gotten started on TikTok. So you can find oh, me no! on TikTok. As, I think it's Pastor Matt AK. Oh, man. And we have a little bit called uh, Questions with Pastor Matt. Uh, all right. Well, thank you for listening. A big thank you uh, to the Mitchell Brothers for the music and for James Brown for the logo. And uh, we're so glad you're able to listen to us. Uh, and yeah, I guess I guess we'll cl- that that concludes this one. And we'll hopefully we'll get back on schedule by next month for our podcast. Yeah, they try to release the second of every month, but we're all off because of the baby. Yeah, get back to that baby. Okay. See Take you. care. Bye.